Hi, this is Hetty. And this is Tina. And this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real world. world. So today we're excited to have part two um, of our visit with Jennifer Keelan Chapins. And um, she is um, a uh, disability rights activist. She has um, a lot of really exciting experiences to share with us. She's been really um, per, like personally helpful to me just to listen to her perspectives. Right. Um, every time, Tina, we do a podcast, somebody says something and I just have to sort of like flex my brain and stretch myself to, to make new spaces, oh, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. And so um, just at our last visit, Jennifer did that for me and for um, me too like I like yeah I, I mean it just gives you a chance to think about things and visualize it differently and you know process things and um and we hope that it's doing the same for you all to your listeners so, yeah yeah um and then to boot she was um gracious enough to let my uh, teenager interview her for a school project so, so cool. that was really great but um so we're gonna kind of dive right in we ran out of time last time surprise um surprise surprise and um so we wanted to have her back to get some more information from her and hear more about her experiences and her life and her perspective so without further ado here's jennifer guys hey welcome back thank you nice to be here yeah, we're super yeah. excited. So, um, last time we really talked a little. We talked a little bit about your really early experiences at protests as a very, very young activist. Um, and one thing that we talked about a little bit was the Capitol brawl, and that was really an important turning point, right, in disability rights history. And so, we'd love it. We just kind of want to sit back and let you share some more about that day and uh, what motivated you, um, what brought you to that point, um, and just kind of share a little bit more about that for us. Um, sure. So um, during, uh, before the crawl itself, um, disability rights groups from across the country came together and we marched from the White House to the Capitol. And that march was called the Wheels of Justice March. And then um, from that point on, we had a rally and um, everybody came together, supporters of the passage of the ADA, different senators, different leaders of dis different disability rights groups like Gallaudet and Federation for the Blind and Paralyzed Veterans. We were all there um, to support each other and to um, show why the ADA needed to be passed. And I just remember, it was a really hot day that day. It was about 80 <laughs> degrees. It was about 80 degrees. And it was so hot that the cherry blossoms in DC were actually um, starting to bloom. And so, um, and so um, during, the, during the rally, we had, um, we had Justin Dart Jr. Um, come up and, and do a speech. And he's also known as the father of the ADA. Um, and we had Congressman Major Owens also come up and, and do a speech in, supported, in support of the passage of the ADA. And then at a certain signal, um, the people in wheelchairs that wanted to do the crawl 
um, along with other disabilities, at a certain signal, we were going to get out of our wheelchairs and um, and abandon our other mobility devices and start climbing up the steps of the Capitol. Can you share? Sorry, no, no go. For can it. you share what year this was? This was actually March twelfth, nineteen ninety. So it's coming up as uh, next Friday. Yes, next Friday. The 31st anniversary of the Capitol crawl. Right. So just for some perspective, Mr. Dart that Jennifer mentioned, if you ever see the photograph of President Bush signing the ADA into law, Mr. Dart is in that photograph. Yes. So you can see that. He's the one um, in the cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so <laughs> like, like, disability rights celebrity people, right? <laughs> important people in that movement. Um, and then the other thing, Jennifer, just to remind our listeners, how old were you at the Capitol yeah. Crawl? I was eight years old, so I was its youngest participant. Eight years old. And there, um, I think I read there's, are there 80 steps up to the, the front of the Capitol or 79 or a lot? There's a lot. Um, I think <laughs> it depends. On um, on which side um, the the cap you know the entrance is at because there's multiple sides and multiple entrances. But I remember as a young child climbing 84 steps. Okay, wow. And I have a question because I watched the video. Cora and I watched the video together. You know, and in that you're uh, like uh, you're featured right in the video, and you say more than once. You say. <laughs> I'll take all night if I have to. <laughs> and like, is that a, is that just a trait you were born with? That kind of determination, do you think? I, I, I think so. I think that my mom would definitely tell you that that is a trait that I'm, that I was born with. Yeah, you know, I was like, wow. That, one of the things that mom always says is that, um, you know, I was, I was born with a fist in the air, so. <laughs> That's awesome. I just think because, you know, you don't think about eight-year-olds being, like, determined to right. accomplish much beyond, you know, watching their favorite cartoon right. or the ball or whatever, right? And, and you, like, just while I would recommend to anybody to, like, look it up and watch, like, you could tell Jennifer meant business. Like she was gonna get all the way to the top. That's that's the, actually the name of her book. Her oh yeah, she hasn't book. even talked about her book. Yeah, yet. we haven't really talked about that, so we need to be sure to hit on that. Um, I, I can see it behind your head, Jennifer, because we're a, we're zooming, so we can see Jennifer as we talk to her. And I have one back here too. Um, her book is called All the Way to the Top, and it's how one girl's fight for Americans with Disabilities changed everything. It's really great. And if you have kids, it's a great, great addition to your library. So um, do that. And we'll also make it a note here. We will um, post the video. To, yeah, we'll on post that page. video. So yeah, for sure. But I was like, wow, that like, wow. <laughs> right, to have that sort of determination. Okay, so um, we kind of, sorry. So, so there, was a, there was a note, there was a time and said, okay, when, when this happens, we're all gonna start crawling. So can you can you bring us back to that part, that, that moment again? Um, sure, so like I said, as, at a certain signal, we were to get out of our wheelchairs and um, abandon our other mobility devices and start climbing up the steps. And so um, I, 
I was really determined to um, to do the Capitol crawl, um, not just for myself, but for my generation and future generations of kids with disabilities. So it was really important to me that I do it, um, you know, not just to represent myself, but to represent them as well. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I do remember is some of the adult organizers didn't want me to do the crawl um, for two reasons. One, they thought it would be too physically taxing for a child. And so they didn't want me to do it for that reason. And then two, um, they also felt that having a child do the crawl would send the wrong um, would send the wrong message. It would send a message of people with disabilities being childlike um, rather than empowered. And so that was, you know, those were some of the reasons why some of the adult organizers didn't want me to do the crawl. And when they told me that I couldn't do it, I started crying. Oh. <laughs> and and um, um, one of one of the sweetest memories that I have of that day is Wade Blank, who um, is the founder of ADAPT, um, one of the founders of ADAPT, he saw me crying and he and I had a little talk. He said, why are you crying? And I said, well, some of the adults don't want me to do it and I really want to do it. And he asked me why. And so I told him why. And then he turned to me and he smiled and he said, well, you need to do what's in your heart. Aww. And, and then he turned to my mom and said, come on, mom. And he grabbed mom by the arm. Come on, mom. And then he said, don't look back. Don't look back, mom. Don't look back. And, and before my mom knew it, um, there was this big roar. And then she looks up and I'm halfway up the steps. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> and that's so great. And yeah. Thanks so much for sharing. Like, I feel excited just listening to <laughs> I feel excited just listening to the story. Do, do you think, like, is that, like, what are you proudest of in terms of your work as an activist? What do you feel the most well, joy from? What I what I feel the most joy from is actually um, the, the messages that I get from young kids today. Um, you know, when I, first did the, um, the the school visits when the book first came out um, there was this one school and um, they had a young girl in a wheelchair in one of their classrooms and her friend came up to me and hugged me and said thank you for doing what you did because my best friend can now go to school with me oh my gosh <laughs> You got me in tears. So, oh, that's so great. That that is the reason why um, I did what I did. Because even at a young age, I realized that I had a responsibility, not just to represent myself, but to represent every every kid with a disability out there in America and around the world. And so, you know, even at a young age, I knew I had that responsibility. Yeah. So you know, so just for history so in 1975 we passed legislation that said that kids with disabilities um, needed to go to school they needed to have access to an education but jennifer when you went to school for the first time what happened well um when i went to school for the first time um you know i do remember 
um, that um, when Kaylee and I were little, um, my younger sister and I were little, we realized at a very young age that there were places that Kaylee could go, but I couldn't um, due to the fact that those places were not wheelchair accessible. And that included um, daycare centers and our local school. And, and so the first time that I attempted to go to my neighborhood school, they told me that I couldn't go because one, it wasn't wheelchair accessible, and two, um, they didn't have the, um, the accessible program there to meet my needs. And so my first experience you know, at my neighborhood school was the, the fact that they actually wanted to separate um, my sister and I and said that they would accept Kaylee, but they wouldn't accept me and I would have to go to a different school. And of course, my mom wouldn't have any of that. And she said, no, <laughs> you're, going to, um, you're going to take both my daughters or none, of, or you know, you, you're not gonna take them at all. And so, you know, one of, one of the first things that, one of the first lessons that I was taught from the disability rights movement is the fact that, um, you know, we didn't have to be separated. We had right, rights. Right. We right. had ID. You know, we had IDEA. We had 504. Um, this is also where Kaylee and I learned about separate isn't equal in Brown versus the Board of Education of 1954. You yeah. know, these are the first lessons that I was taught from the disability rights movement and from my teachers and mentors within that movement. And that would include, you know, Judy Human. Justin Dart, um, Wade Blank, um, even Ed Roberts, who's the father of the independent living. These were my teachers and my mentors. That's amazing. And a blessing too, right? Yeah. That you were able to be mentored by people of that caliber. Yes. Right? And and I think also just, um, From I don't age know. Six we, on, so. I'm sorry, what? From age six on. Six on. That's so great. You know, you mentioned before we hit record, um, you mentioned like before the ADA was was passed that um, you couldn't go to restaurants, right? Like they were like, nope, you can't come in. Um, and then we kind of said, well, that's still happening. And then you said just like just recently, um, you and your mom were at a restaurant. Can you share that experience with us? Um, sure. My mom and I were um, going to the convention center and we wanted to stop to get someplace, you know, to get something to eat. So we stopped at this local pizza restaurant um, in downtown Denver. And when we went in, um, it was so cramped that there was not any wheelchair accessible seating. And they told us that the only way that we could eat our pizza um, was to eat outside. Now, keep in mind, this is the middle of winter. And then, so we went outside and then we found um, that most of their tables were closed, but we did find one um, one table that would work. And so, you know, we had to eat out eat our pizza outside in the middle of winter because there wasn't any wheelchair accessible seating available. And I, so I think that that is a, you know, just like a picture of how things have come so far, but they're still, right. you know, far to go. Right, there's still places where people with all sorts of disabilities are not really um, accommodated, yeah. maybe not even welcomed, right? Like, I we've gotten that with Cora before. Um, 
And so that feels like then what needs to happen is that um, right behind you, there needs to be like a new generation of young activists who are um, equipped to take the work, you know, farther down the road. Right. And I, you know, one of the one of the things that I address in my school presentations is that there's more to the ADA than just physical access. Mm-hmm. Right. Also about personal empowerment and how it can personally empower the individual and, you know, and what it means to them and what the ADA means to them and how it can empower them to, you know, use the ADA to enforce their rights and to um, use their voice to speak up and speak out because, you know, that's some of the work that we still need to do. Yeah, so how, what do you think are good avenues for a young person who's interested in, you know, being an activist, right? What are good avenues to start to learn about that work and begin to do that work? Well, the first thing that I would say is find something that you're passionate about and that you know needs to change. And also, don't just think about how it's going to change you, but how it's going to change others and positively impact others. And once you find that, then, you know, the next thing that I would do is, you know, do some research in, you know, into that. And then, you know, start by writing, writing letters to your Um, city and state leaders. Tell them why this is important to you and why you want it changed. Um, You know, the ADA didn't start with just protests. We actually wrote letters to our state and and government leaders and um, to, you know, to tell them why it was important that people with disabilities have a civil rights law that protects them. And so, you know, those are the things that that I would um, that I would start with and then you know if you find if you if you start with that and you find other organizations that um, that um, follow that message then the next thing I would do is start networking network with other organizations network with other people um, because you know we're our voices are strongest when we're together and we use our voice for a common cause Sure, I think that's really I true. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, what work, in your opinion, re- like what what is the next work that, in your opinion, needs to be done? Like, what would you like to see happening? Oh, that's. <laughs> well, you know, as as far as the ADA and other disability rights laws, I I think that it is important to, you know, pass this knowledge on to the next generation, so that it empowers them to use their voice and to, and to continue on the work. Um, because, you know, it, it's our voices that will continue um, to give strength to the ADA, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I want to add, um, cause I, I think it's really important to give the youth and, and individuals their voice, right? And the power of their voice. And, um, and you said, you know, write letters, contact contact people, right? Um, and I, I I tell people to do that a lot too. Um, and I just wanna hear from your stance, like when you do that, what type of response do you get? Like, how does that typically, like, cause people are nervous, right? Like, I don't even know where to start, right? And so um, what are some advice and some things that you can give the next generation? <laughs> 
or even this generation, right? I think that, um, well, you know, when we were writing letters to um, get um, Congress to support the passage of the ADA, the first thing that I think of is the letter that we got from um, from John McCain. Um, and, um, you know, we we had a lot of, of, of support for the passage of the ADA. And I think that, um, you know, that um, it, for me and for my sister, um, Kaylee, because my, my sister would write letters also. Um, she, she wrote a letter to the president <laughs> um, to get lifts on buses. Um, I think for, for me personally and for Kaylee, um, it meant that, you know, the adults were listening when they would write yeah. back. It meant that they acknowledged our, our struggle, our fight, and that they were actually, you know, that they were listening. And so, and I mean, for, for Kaylee and I, um, you know, any time that they would write back, that had a, a huge impact on us as well. And that's one thing that, like, I think is really important that um, for people to remember is just do it, right? Like, um, and once you tell your story and once you use your voice, because um, people don't know what they don't know, right? Like, right. people don't know. People probably didn't, you know, for the most part, didn't think about how the Capitol building wasn't accessible for someone in a wheelchair because they don't use a wheelchair, right? Um, right? Or they don't think about, I mean, I know personally when I walk into a restaurant, I don't think about how many accessible seats are in here, right? Because I don't use a wheelchair to, you know, to, to get into the restaurant, right? And so that's not in the top, that's not in the, you know, in the top of my mind frame, right? However, if I'm with my friend who uses a wheelchair, automatically I'm like, oh, what the crap, right? What about the ADA here, right? And so, you know, like just kind of all those things that, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's why it's so important for, um, and why I'm so grateful for individuals like you using your voice, right? And and speaking up and crawling on the Capitol State. I mean, what, I mean, we're gonna link that video and we're gonna also, you know, link your book and stuff too, because what a great stance and what a great thing for, for everybody, not just youth to see, but for everybody to see, here's this eight-year-old going, if it takes all night, I'm here, right? And I mean, that's just so great. And I'm just so so appreciative of everything that you've done and continue to do for, um, for our community as a whole. Yeah, I think that it's, I mean, I don't think there's enough ways to say thank you for right. doing that work, right? Because every, every piece of legislation, every protest, every time somebody spoke up, it's made a difference for our kids and how they're able to navigate their world. And it's not perfect, but it's also not, you know, like 1985 and you can't even get in the front door because there's not a ramp. Right. Right. Like it's, it's, there's, there's big differences and it's important to see those. I think so uh, be, like, we're going to run out of time. Right. <laughs> and so we want to be sure number one, all the way to the top. It's a really great picture book. It's, I think it's appropriate for all ages, but specifically kids who are still looking at picture books. But I, um, I would read picture books to anybody because that's, I'm an early childhood teacher and I think everybody should read picture books. So, um, check that book out. Um, it really tells the story of, uh, Jennifer and who she was and is and her determination and how she participated in something that really has changed our country. Right. 
Um, so, so your website is it jkclegacy.com? Yes, I, right. Okay. Yes. So check out her website um, and and really see what she does and and ways that she can interact with you or your group and. Um, yeah. Bring, bring information to you, bring um, her experience to you, because I think that that's really important. Because she has so much more to offer than what we've been able to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. In Way two more. episodes, right? <laughs> like, more. Um, also, there's a curriculum that she's done at schools, um, and it's been vetted in, in with the Department of Ed. Um, but we don't have time to get into all that because we only have limited time. But um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, I just wanted to say, like, Thanks for coming today, but thanks really for just, um, you know, kind of having a servant's heart around something that certainly changed your life, but changed the lives of so many other people. Um, it's just, it, it's, it makes you feel humble to know that yeah. somebody would do those things and that they've they've impacted how your family gets to live so thanks <laughs> thanks so much yeah thank and, you so much and um and thank you to your mom too for raising such um both you and your sister such strong um advocates with your you know activist advocates with your fists up in the air and like um i'm sure that you didn't make her life easy when you were younger every time because if that was your stance on crawling up the capital steps i can't imagine what your stance was about not eating broccoli right or like, like her and so, i feel like even if you're eight if you like crawled up the capital steps i think like 11 or 12 p.m is a good curfew like you earned a good curfew so i don't know but um we thank you so so much jennifer so much and yeah and we'll we'll link all of your website and all that kind of stuff to to our um when we when we upload the the podcast too i'm losing my words today goodness so um <laughs> but yeah so we're out of time but that's that's um I would love to spend more time with you. Is there anything like in like 30 seconds you wanted to tack in on the end? Um, you know, I do do educational presentations. Um, so if you guys, um, if any of you guys listening want an educational presentation um, about the ADA and the Capitol Crawl, um, you could um, go through my website and, um, and request one and um, um, I'd be glad to come to your school. Awesome. All right, great. Thanks, thanks so Jennifer. much. Thanks, and We're thanks so Jennifer's mom. Thanks, Cynthia. Cynthia. <laughs> um, so, um, with that, this is Hetty, and this is Tina, and this is Love and Inclusion in, in the, the Real, real World. world.